broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is CW. Thank you for checking out the Midtown Business Radio Show. On this week's episode, we continued our series with Life University, where we've been highlighting businesses from around the Atlanta area who exemplify integrity in their professional and personal lives as well. Vice President of Professional Relations from Life University, Dr. Gilles Lamarche, joined me in the studio, along with Brooke Beach, CEO of a company called Kevy. They're a technology company whose software solutions integrates with e-commerce websites, enabling them to significantly ramp up the rate at which their sales grow by having a better interaction and engagement with the customers when they visit their websites through very context and behavior-driven pop-ups and dialogues, as well as very relevant email responses sent out from the system. We also hosted commercial collections expert Bill Plunk and his wife Deidre of Simcoe. I've been very pleased to be a part of helping our listeners, as well as some of the business community folks here in the Atlanta area, become more familiar with Life University. I know I was very impressed when I met Jill, got to tour the campus and actually meet some of the staff and students there. I was immediately struck by what they're doing on this campus and how they are really walking the walk and talking the talk at Life University with regards to showing courtesy and respect to each other. You can feel it every time you're there on their campus from students and teachers alike. Coming up, Jill's going to give you a little introduction to what Life University is all about and why he came to join their team a couple of years ago. Check it out. It was interesting. You know, one of the guests uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had lunch with him and he says, you know, if somebody had asked me about Life University, he said I'd heard about it. I would have thought like they probably have like a corner floor on a building and it's just this little tiny school. And and it's unfortunate that's what a lot of people actually think. Yes. But Life University is built on a campus that is 106 acres off of Cobb Parkway and the campus itself is absolutely gorgeous. And yes, it was originally built as a chiropractic institution. We still have the chiropractic program as our flagship program, but we presently have 12 undergrad programs. We have four master's degrees. Two of our very thriving master's degrees is in positive psychology and the other one in sports health sciences. You know, we are the number one school program in rugby in America. Three of the U.S. players are actually life grads who are playing on the U.S. team this year. So we are this nice little university, often referred to as the not-so-little university that is actually changing the world because the entire university was built on a platform of what we refer to as lasting purpose, to give, do, love, serve from this sense of abundance with no expectation of return. What I found so fascinating when I first came to life a couple of years ago, when the president first invited me to come and visit, rather, was how the students actually live that. And then I found out that it's because the president personally teaches a class when the students come on board called Rights and Responsibilities. And so from the get-go, we're talking about integrity. We're talking about developing a service consciousness, and therefore that carries through all our degree programs. Stick around. I got the full interview with Dr. Jill Lamarche of Life University, Brooke Beach of Kevy, and Bill and Deidre Plunk of Simcoe coming up next. Good morning, everyone. It is C.W. Hall. Thank you for joining us on the Midtown Business Radio Show this morning. Continuing our series with Dr. Jill Marsh, Vice President of Professional Relations with Life University, focusing on business leaders around the community and soon some students from the community that uh, exemplify integrity in their personal and their professional and academic lives. And it's been a real treat to have you here and get to introduce some of these businesses to the community that folks may not yet be aware of to maybe possibly have an opportunity to integrate with some of their solutions. So, Jill, thanks for taking some time out to uh, join us in the studio again today. Always a pleasure to be with you, CW. And as we like to start the show for the 
folks who aren't yet familiar with Life University, talk a little bit about Life. I know most of the people in the community around the Atlanta area in particular are familiar with the fact that there is a university in Marietta. It's called Life University. And many people are also aware that it is the world's largest school for chiropractic. And yet there are a number of other programs around the campus bachelor's and master's level programs in business and health sciences that people may not be aware of. You want to talk a little bit about some of those? Absolutely. Happy to do that. It was interesting. You know, one of the guests uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had lunch with him and he says, you know, if somebody had asked me about Life University, he said I'd heard about it. I would have thought like they probably have like a corner floor on a building and it's just this little tiny school. And and it's unfortunate that's what a lot of people actually think. Yes. But Life University is built on a campus that is 106 acres off of Cobb Parkway, and the campus itself is absolutely gorgeous. And yes, it was originally built as a chiropractic institution. We still have the chiropractic program as our flagship program, but we presently have 12 undergrad programs. We have four master's degrees. Two of our very thriving master's degrees is in positive psychology and the other one in sports health sciences. You know, we are the number one school program in rugby in America. Three of the U.S. players are actually life grads who are playing on the U.S. team this year. So we are this nice little university often referred to as the not so little university that is actually changing the world because the entire university was built on a platform of what we refer to as lasting purpose. To give, do, love, serve from this sense of abundance with no expectation of return. What I found so fascinating when I first came to life a couple of years ago, when the president first invited me to come and visit rather, was how the students actually live that. And then I found out that it's because the president personally teaches a class when the students come on board called Rights and Responsibilities. And so from the get-go, we're talking about integrity. We're talking about developing a service consciousness, and therefore that carries through all our degree programs. And with young people in that age group, you might think that some of those types of conversations and coursework, if you will, might just go right past them and they get on with their daily lives. But having been able to now visit you over at the campus and meet, actually say hello to a number of the students on the campus, I was really, really impressed by how they live it. And the, the, the students that I met were very friendly, assertive, confident, um, pleasant, and seemed genuinely interested in saying hello. Um, and that really struck me because it was person after person across the campus, not just one or two. And what was great was that none of them were planned meetings, right? That's you right. Were just, you, was just walk, you were just walking the campus. And I remember you saying you, you noticed a little sign that said speak tradition and you yes. questioned what that was. Speak tradition on the campus is something that was actually created by our student body because they wanted people to continuously interact. And so there is a speak tradition. In other words, you never walk by someone without looking up and saying good morning or saying something rather than walking down, looking at your smartphone and not paying attention to human interaction. Because at the end of the day, relationship capital is the most val valuable capital in the world. Mm -hmm. We're all about building relationships for the betterment of humanity. And all the programs that we have at Life are really about that. How can we impact humanity in a positive way, whether it's our positive business program or whether it's the positive psychology program or, or dietetics, or sports health science, or the chiropractic program, because that's really what life is all about. How do we create that type of atmosphere? And it's definitely alive and well at Life University. Well, I think that they did a great job in bringing you here to become a face of the university that's getting out and engaging with people in the community to help tell the story. It certainly hooked me in once I uh, got to know you and 
be around your level of enthusiasm and the positive way that you approach every day and your interactions with people. So it was easy for me to become enthusiastic about telling people about the university and helping to expand the story that uh, that people are aware of here. And I was on the website earlier and and looking around. There's a there's a link uh, on the website for stories of life that I found to be a really nice uh, segment of the website where people can begin to learn about some of the students that are there and the impact that their experience uh, with Life University has had on them. And and one of the ones, interestingly enough, we'll have to have her on sometime if she's still around, uh, Shakarilyn Halliard from the Master's uh, in Positive Psychology program wrote an article on living in integrity, and it was a nice piece. Um, I thought it fit right in and talking about how she came and the impact that it's had on her life and helping her address some challenging times in her life and and how she's carrying that forward to the community where she's going to be practicing in psychology. So it was a nice place where you're sharing some information about the various people and its impact on them there. And you know, it's interesting that that program, there has been offshoots of that program because we just recently opened a Center for Compassion, Peace, and Secular Ethics. And actually supported by the Dalai Lama, not financially supported, but he's actually written a letter saying he supports the growth of the university as it relates to secular ethics. From that particular group is also a project that's growing called the Shalom Project. And the Shalom Project is to offer bachelor's degrees in a prison, in a Georgia prison. It's been accepted by the governor, it's been accepted by the Department of Corrections, and we're going through the, um, the approval, the accreditation approval to actually make that happen. Because when you have a degree that's off-site, you still need to provide all the services that you would be providing if the degree was at the university. Right. So we're going through that. So I know that in the Atlantic community, you're going to be hearing a lot about the Shalon Project as we go on. Um, another new project that we're working on that you'll hear about in May or June of this year, actually not very far from here, is the Atlanta Birth uh, Center that is actually joined forces with Life University so we can actually create that with them. So I'll be able to talk to you maybe about that you know, in a few months, but the process is actually underway. The construction is actually going on. It's a 15,000 square foot clinic. And it's the first time in the history of Georgia that the government has actually granted a license to a group to allow births to happen outside of a hospital setting. And the Atlanta Birth Center has been active without a center per se, a group of midwives, you know, who support uh, birthing moms, but have always done their work in the hospital and we're looking to have a non-hospital setting. And because of the university and what we stand for, we are we have now partnered with them to actually create this center, which is gonna be right across the street from actually Emory Hospital in Midtown. That's very exciting. And one of the things that launched this particular series that we are doing right now on business leaders and folks from the community who exemplify integrity in their professional and personal lives is the upcoming Life Talks World Congress event that's going to be held May 12th and 13th, I believe. Talk a little bit about that for the folks that uh, haven't yet heard about it. So this is the second year of Life Talks. And if you think of Life Talks, think about it as what TED Talks is to technology and innovation, Life Talks is going to become as it relates to health, healing from a mind, body, spirit position. A lot more people are recognizing that there is no separation between mind and body, that there, that there is a link. And so this year, the focus of the conference is a life of integrity, starting at birth right through the process. 
some of the speakers we're having, for example, Barbara DeAngelis, that is well known to a lot of people because she's been a speaker and has written a number of books for some three decades at least, is a relationship expert. So she'll be speaking on integrity and relationships. We have Dr. Michael ben- Benelli coming up from New York, who is an environmentalist who will be speaking about you know integrity as and sustainability, not only in the workplace, but really in our entire environment. We have uh, Dr. Brendan Ozawa, who will be speaking on compassionate business. Whoever thought that compassion and integrity should exist in business, I'd say if we all sat back, we all think that it's important, but it's not as transparent as we'd like it to be. I I think of the banking crisis that occurred just a few Mm -hmm. years ago. Where was the integrity and all of that happening and how many people were actually hurt? So is it important to have compassion in business? Absolutely. As I mentioned earlier, it's all about relationship capital, you know, building relationships. So that Life Talks will be, it's a two-day event. The event itself, if you like, is happening on, on May 13th. It's, it's a Friday, all short talks. The Thursday are pre-conference workshops. The four pre-conference workshops we're having, one of them is with Dr. Benelli, as I mentioned, the sustainability expert. One will be with Dr. Barbara DeAngelis on relationships. The other is with Barbara Lowe Fisher, who is a spokesperson really for the choice in healthcare. In her particular area, mostly focused on vaccines, vaccine damage, et cetera. But you know, how do you make great choices in healthcare? And then the fourth uh, pre-conference workshop is with Dr. Michael Carlin and Dr. Brendan Ozawa De Silva. And they are the two that are gonna be speaking on compassionate business, how to build compassion and integrity in the business and how that actually allows a business to thrive and create customers for life. All about relationships. And another facet of that event that I'm pleased that you'll be doing is offering the, uh, or awarding the Integrity for Life Award. It's a new piece to the event. We'll be looking for uh, folks to nominate high school students from the area who exemplify integrity in their personal lives. Uh, Folks that are uh, young people that are serving their community, going above and beyond what you might expect for folks in their age and and uh, and in their daily activities that are serving their community and, and and exemplifying integrity even at that young young age because we know that's really where it can get started and they can have a big impact on students around them doing those things absolutely it starts it starts young so we do want to recognize high school students there'll be a number of students who will be um, granted a scholarship to attend the event and one student will actually receive the like inter- life integrity me, for life integrity award. for life award integrity for life award and a $500 scholarship. So if listeners, if you want to nominate a high school student that you believe would be deserving of such an award, just go to our website, lifetalks.org. And there's a section on the site where they'll ask you questions about that student, ask you for the information. And basically you're submitting a nomination for a student that you believe is deserving, a high school student. That's right. And you can also reach out to me as well. Uh, and, and I'll certainly pass those nominations along to Jill and his staff as well. You can go to the contacts tab, uh, contact us on the Midtown Business Radio Show page. And there's my email and even phone number if you want to call and say, hey, I know somebody you need to uh, have this student be considered. And we will be, uh, we're able, able to have those students join us in the, in the studio for a short feature to talk a little bit about what led them into their motivation to take their uh, outward exhibition of integrity to the level that they they display it. So we'll be looking forward to having some of those students join us in the studio as well. And 
I was really happy to have the 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 two, well, three actually. There, there's a pair with us, a partnership, um, with us in the studio because everybody here in the studio today exemplifies integrity. I've known them for a little while now. I had the opportunity to have them in the studio a couple of times. A few months ago, I met a guy named Bill Plunk. I think I met him on LinkedIn, wasn't it LinkedIn? LinkedIn. That's right. And I'm like, Bill Plunk, I got to meet this guy. So I reached out, we started talking and uh, the first phone call, we sat and chatted for over an hour. Um, he, he's uh, infectious in his charisma and his kindness and certainly integrity is is. Uh, comes out of him in, in every interaction. So uh, Bill Plunk and his wife, Deidre, uh, partners in the business called Simcoe. They are actually commercial collections uh, experts. And a lot of times it's, you You might think, boy, that's that's going to be a person that's uh, kind of hard and mean and, and rude. And, and yet, actually, it's quite the opposite. And that opposite approach is what makes you all so successful. So Bill, thanks for taking some time. Pleasure. And introduce folks to to your company real quick for for, for people that, you know, because many of the folks that listen to our our show are business leaders, uh, some of whom might end up needing your services at some point. So talk about Simcoe for a moment. Okay. Well, um, I've always looked at collections pretty much from day one as a, a problem-solving um, challenge and also a peacemaking challenge. Uh, the very first day I was in collections, I made up my mind uh, that I was going to do things the way I was going to collect the way I want to be collected from. So all we do is we we step in for businesses. If they're unable to resolve their accounts receivable collections issues in-house, then we follow in-house. Uh, occasionally, we follow in-house attorneys, which is kind of uh, an interesting challenge. Um, but we just try to solve the problem. And the problem is just pretty simple. It's just, you know, why haven't you paid? Can, what, what is an obstacle we need to overcome? How can we do that? In what time frame can we do it? What can you do today? Um, um, and I've just enjoyed, I want to deal with people the way I would want to be dealt with. So it's just been that simple for us. Uh, and and the, it was interesting because when I got into collections, I didn't, I had no idea I was getting into collections. I was leaving <laughs> education, right. which is where I have my degree, and then going into business. And I thought I was going into lending and banking and, and things like that, and I was. Um, but the first step to that uh, was collections. And so um, it's just it's been an interesting journey. It's not anything that I would have ever imagined I would have ever done. And as it happens, the way that you go about your work <clears throat> engaging with the the businesses that are in arrears with their with their payments. I know you've had some instances where because of the way you handled that process, they actually contracted with you then to do collections work for them. Yeah, we've had debtors become clients. Um, and we feel like that might be a pretty major compliment to us, the way things are handled. The, the The main goal with collections is to get the, the 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 debtor to bump your client's payments from somewhere down the list to the top of the list. Um, and so if we handle that well, um, then, then, you know, a lot of times they see that. And like, I just had a, a debtor, uh, um, a lady tell me, CFO of the company, she said, I take your calls. And she said, we're going to pay your client because of the way that your client's chosen to handle this through you. Okay. And, and, um, that's what you, you know, if you can't get them on the phone, if you can't get them to talk to you, when the communication stops, and that's normally what brings an account to us in the first place is the communications have just broken down. Right. Somebody, they've hit an impasse. 
um, then you can work through almost everything. And and the 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 last thing, the, the interesting key for me was I had to improve my listening skills. Uh, I have a tendency to talk more than I listen. Um, and and uh, <laughs> with your wife smiling, you say, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, um, a lot of times, people will just want to be heard. It's the most interesting thing. And if you'll just, you know, and and to me, me thinking that I have more to say to them, and I have to be demanding and push them, and that kind of thing, is less, much less attractive than me hearing them out and hearing what they have to say, seeing how that compares with my client, starting to find places where they agree rather than disagree, and then that just ends up bringing them closer, and we get we get issues resolved that weren't resolvable before. So, well, I know that my I, I certainly re- remember my first impression of talking to you. I mean, I was pleased to be talking to you within a couple of minutes of meeting you on the phone. So what's that process like for you in terms of you're typically getting contacted to come in and, and rescue a situation and bring accounts current when communications have begun to break down and they're not responding to contact. So how do you reopen that door? Well, the wonderful thing is I can be something that my clients can't be, and that is a third party. So what it tells the debtor is it says, okay, you're the, the, the folks that I owe the money to are willing to take the next step in the collection process. And that next step is it leaves in-house collection and it goes somewhere outsourced. It either goes to an attorney firm or a, a, a collection firm like what we, you know, what we do. And so that's kind of the main key is I think when they, when, when, when they realize that the account's been placed for collection, there's just a different there's a different sense of urgency. I really don't have to do a lot to, to create a sense of urgency other than communicate. Communicate clearly. Uh, let them know what, you know what the desired of outcome is, obviously, is to pay. But when is that expected? And, and then what, what, why have, hasn't that happened yet? And what is it going to take to do that? So all I do is just basically inter- introduce myself and say, I'm a third party. I'm a third party that's been brought into this. And, right. And being very professionally persistent, you know, um, treating people with respect, but still you just have to stay very persistent in a professional manner. And like he said, once it's been um, bumped into that collections, it just has a whole different feel, you know, sense of urgency and people respond. And it doesn't hurt. I don't think that he has been trained in professional negotiation and dispute resolution resolution and stuff like that. So he's just able to do that the last sometimes thing, i do have to edit an email or two <laughs> <laughs> that is true <laughs> the last thing i want to do though is when i contact the debtor is um is kind of fortify or that that impression they may have that right. oh, this has been turned over to somebody that's going to be rude to me that's mm-hmm. going to talk down to me that's going to be demanding of me that may very well be unprofessional right that's just that's the last thing I want to do because I want to stand out from from anybody else who might have contacted them and, and and chosen to do it in that manner. So that's where the integrity comes in. Integrity is just there's no other way to do it. It never it never really occurred to me to do it any other way. It's part of compassionate business, exactly what we were talking about. A while it ago. really is. Absolutely. When you were ta- when you're talking about that, I actually wrote down compassion, integrity and relationship in collections question mark. And then, yes, absolutely. with an exclamation point. Absolutely. It belongs everywhere. I don't think there's any way to do business and do it well without it. And what does your typical client look like? Is it 
really any vertical, any business size? What's the typical picture of the client who utilizes your service? Yeah, we have clients across the board. The one thing that I can't do is since I, you know, I deal with, I handle every account start to finish for my clients, every single one. Nobody else touches their account. So, except for an occasional email editing. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) there is a nice touch there. But um, so, you know, it's clients that don't have a, a, a huge volume because I can't handle huge volume. I, I kind of try to control the amount of accounts that I have so that I can touch each account well and, and work it well. Um, so mid-sized companies to maybe even sometimes smaller, occasionally I can handle, you know, a bigger client as far as the size of the company if they don't have a lot of placements. There are some bigger companies that have very few placements. So I'm always kind of looking for the ones that don't have a whole ton of placements that will bury me. Um, and then we have manufacturing, tech, we, we have everything. There, there are no limits. Everybody that has accounts receivable, um, you know, is, is, you know, hopefully can benefit from services that I offer. We've been talking with Bill Plunk of the commercial collections company Simcoe. You can find him on LinkedIn, Bill Plunk, P-L-U-N-K. Talk about real quickly, because we, in a conversation in a while back, you had mentioned some of your metrics, if you will, and what your typical results are once you get on a on a particular account the the typical time that you're able to reduce because many of those times mm-hmm. many of those businesses uh, their accounts have been rolling out well past 120 days sometimes into the months yeah. of time since the invoices in question were were issued so what what do you typically find in terms of how long it usually takes to begin to get things coming back in I don't know that there's any real typical but I can give you a range. A lot of times um, we'll resolve an account pretty much immediately, which to me means a week to two weeks maximum. Uh, and the reason for that is it's, it's maybe 250 days old, but by the time it, when it switches gears, when it changes gears and goes from in-house to third party, folks understand the sense of urgency and they understand that the next, the next thing might be a litigation. So a lot of times they're eager. They've wanted to get it over with, but they've just thrown up their hands because everybody's frustrated and that kind of thing. So when I come in, a lot of times things will start to move more toward the center. They won't, there won't be that gap in between my, my client and the debtor. Um, it can take, gosh, I've had accounts over a year. Sometimes it depends it, on it cash flow. I mean, mm-hmm. if cash flow is the issue, obviously, you know, it can take longer. Right. Um, and there have been times when debtors themselves are waiting to be paid. Yes. So, so, and for an example, right now we're working on an account that, that, you know, multiple invoices and, um, the oldest invoice I think was 400 and some days old or something. And the youngest is 180. Uh, and we've had the account now for what, about two months or so. Yeah. And we're halfway through. Uh, so we've gotten half the invoices resolved and it just, it just, it varies. And boy, Deidre made a great point. Cash flow issue is a, is a big deal. So, I mean, sometimes it can be that simple as, as to the reason why they haven't paid, but usually it's a little more complex. Usually there are a couple of other moving parts in there that you got to resolve as well. Well, not too awful long ago, you had recommended to me that you've got to meet a couple of people you introduced me to. One of them is sitting with us here in the table. So introduce us to our other guest who's joining you here at the table. Oh, this is Brooke Beach. And um, <laughs> she is, did, did I see that you were like the youngest CEO in Atlanta or something? I mean, I saw something like this. CEO of Ke- Kevy? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and we've known Brooke and her family um, for years. 
uh, and it's been a blessing. It's been through the church actually, and and so. Um, but Brooke has you know moved you know moved into the company and just done wonders, and she's always been. And their whole family is, in my opinion, uh, a, a group of folks that that know the meaning of the word integrity mm-hmm. and live it. So um, just a f- great family friend for a long time. <laughs> so thanks for, for taking some time yeah. to, to join us in the studio. I knew that Bill would go over the top for me. So <laughs> Absolutely. He did great. I'll pay him later. Yeah. Throw <laughs> yeah. yeah. integrity out the window. <laughs> and obviously here on our show, we're, we're all about businesses that either will help you drop more revenue to the bottom line through efficiencies gained or help you accelerate the rate at which you pull revenue in. Mm-hmm. And once I learned what Kevy is all about and the, the the platform that you provide to businesses that rely on e-commerce as some or all of their uh, business model, uh, I was really excited about it. I thought it was a, a cool uh, uh, application. And of course, the getting to know the the leadership of the company made me that much more pleased to be talking to folks about it. So introduce folks to Kevy and okay. what it's all about. So Kevy is great job, by the way. <laughs> Very good intro there. Uh, yeah, Kevy is a platform that was built uniquely for online retailers. So we saw a massive gap and the movement towards e-commerce is only going to continue to grow. It's going to be a $4 trillion industry by the end of 2019. Uh, it's the only industry that is growing at double the rate at this moment in time. So we're in the right place at the right time. Um, but with that growth, because it was so fast, there were a lot of tools that hadn't quite caught up to the needs. Um, so we realized there was a massive need in marketing. Uh, so how are online retailers creating a more personal experience? Because for the most part, a lot of online retailers, they feel like they're looking at their customers through this invisible window. They can see what they're doing, but they can't talk to them and they can't have interactions and they can't build relationships. So how can you bridge the gap between the screens, honestly? And so we're helping them bridge that gap between the computer screen to say, hey, we know who you are. We appreciate you. Just like if you were to walk in a boutique, uh, we're going to deliver you messages that matter, messages that are unique to you, messages that cater to your interests. But how can you do that? And we're doing that through Kevy. It's a platform that's capturing information on the behaviors of what you're looking at and then combining them with what you've ordered and figuring out who you actually are to not fill up your inbox and to deliver you messages with junk, but with messages that you actually care about. And a lot of the business leaders that may be listening to us, this is not necessarily competing with the sales forces, with the par dots and those, right. because those are marketing automation platforms that are designed to help m- my B2B business exactly. contact my business clients. Exactly. But in this case, what we're talking about is more retail direct to the consumer more mm-hmm. than um, than a business. Right. We call ourselves B2B2C. So we we are selling to businesses who sell to consumers. So I think we're going to see a lot more of B2B2C uh, as people realize how massive this industry is and how there are a lot of needs that traditional tools and platforms just aren't filling at this point. And there were some unique benefits to Kevy for that online e-commerce site Mm -hmm. around the fact that in, in, as it tends to be the case in almost every walk of life, it's the 80-20 rule. Talk a little right. bit about that and the value of those repeat customers mm-hmm. and how that group of, of customers, if you're able to tailor a message to them specifically, can really drive your revenue up quickly. Right. So 
you know, marketing for online retailers can really be broken down into two parts. One is how are people finding your site? How are people finding your store? And that's acquisition. And then what happens, the second part of that is what happens once they're there? Uh, How are you engaging them? How are you retaining them? How are you creating an experience that is going to build loyalty? Because with millions and millions of online stores, the competition is extreme and you have to stand out. And the way that you're going to do that is through creating personalized experiences. So Kevy really focuses on a few key ways of creating those experiences. One is through email. Uh, Email is still the number one revenue driver for online retailers. Uh, We dismiss it all the time, but it works. And in fact, the people, the conversion rate and the ROI of email is greater than almost any other outlet and channel combined. So we're talking social media and search. In fact, email creates more loyal customers long-term. So there's still a lot of power in that, but it's changing. People are tired of lots of emails. Yeah. So how can your email stand out? Right. So we're full email marketing. We're really helping to train our customers and to help give them best practices on how to use this tool effectively because it's powerful when it is. The second way is through behavior-based triggers. This is a fun one. As a shopper, I love this. Uh, Let's say you are on Banana Republic and you're looking at a certain coat or a certain shirt. You love it. You're just not quite sure you're ready to buy it yet. Well, our system is is gauging how many times you're looking at this. So maybe you need an extra little 10% off to make that final purchase. You haven't added it to your cart, but you've looked at it. Our system notices that and we send you a discount. So instead of Banana Republic having to discount their entire coat line, in which case there might be losing money for people who are willing to pay full price, we're just sending that one message to the person who needs it. And so that's really fun. And I've seen that in action a number of times and it's extremely effective. Um, the third way that we're really creating these personal experiences is through the pop-up. And as soon as I say that word, a lot of people, oh, no, not the (laughs) pop-up. But those are more the old school ways of doing pop-ups. They're very intelligent, or at least they should be intelligent. And that's what Kevy, exactly. That's what Kevy's trying to do. when it's not. I have as well. And again, and I think the part of this business that's it, is exciting is I get to put my consumer hat on and and look at how I'm shopping and then I take that off and I bring what I've learned and what I've experienced back to the product. Um, but pop-ups can be intelligent. So when you go to a store, we're going to stick with Banana Republic because everyone seems to know that one. Uh, you, you see that message that comes up on your screen as soon as you land on the site and it says, if you're a new customer, put in your email and you get 10% off. I'm not a new customer you should know me and you're breaking my heart a little bit because I've ordered from you a lot. So how can we start delivering or helping retailers deliver a message that's personal? Thanks for coming back. Thanks for coming back. 10% off. Thank you for that last (laughs) purchase of that coat. Right. In which you might have converted because of that one-to-one trigger. And you can actually show me that in a pop-up. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So you can create all these very cool dynamic pop-ups. So all of us right now could be on a website, Banana Republic, at the exact same time and see a dramatically different message based on what we're looking at, what we've ordered in the past, and our online behaviors. So we're changing the landscape of online retail for a lot of companies. Wow. And I, I'm a user with in terms of browsing the internet that tends to say no pop-ups. Right. But I'm finding that many, many, many websites have found some sort of code that will still show me something, mm-hmm. um, maybe in a little bit different format than it was before, but it still occludes what I was looking at and I still have to deal with this. So is that what we're talking about, that it is able, even if I have said no pop-ups, that it's still able to display some useful information like that in some sort of a dialogue box Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily 
invasive or intrusive. And particularly like when you say when it's clearly relevant to what I just did or what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that so maybe makes me not be so aggravated that it got in there. About, uh, I was actually doing research yesterday on all of this, and around 65 and above percent of people are willing to give up their email, their privacy of email, um, for an offer that is catered to their interests. Uh, and these pop-ups, they actually live within the online store that you're looking at. So they're not the dreaded pop-ups that are bombarding your email and your browser screen. They live within that store. So you're not going to see this if you leave that website or that Banana Republic site that you're on, uh, since we're going to continue with that example. Mm-hmm. Hey, Banana Republic. Last time we were, were helping REI. Yeah. <laughs> Last time we were helping REI. Yeah, just, just pick them off. <laughs> um, but they, because they live within that one store, um, even if you typically have those pop-ups blockers up, this is not going to impact that. And when I was talking with Bill earlier, we were talking about how how do you, when communication has been broken down and um, maybe closed off a little bit and you got a knock on the door to say, hey, I'm here to have a conversation with you. How do, re- how do you reopen that? I'm certain based on just experience going around on various e-commerce sites that when your folks are reaching out to a particular enterprise to say, hey, think about us, that you get very frequently... Um, I'm good. I've got I've got a I've got an automated system for my marketing platform. How do you establish that level of integrity Trust. and believability in the message so that they'll actually stop and hear just exactly how you're able to take it up another level but beyond where they are? Great question, and it is not easy. Um, but I always come back to and work with my team on people don't want to be sold; they want to be helped. So how can we help them? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and sometimes it doesn't, it means it's not us. Sometimes what they need, we don't have a great solution for. You know, most of the time, I would love to say 100% of the time, we are everything that they need, but we're a piece of a much bigger story, which is their business or an important piece, mm-hmm. but a piece of it. So how can we help them in a way that goes beyond just the solution that we're selling? And once we establish that trust, that they know that we are in it for their success, because at the end of the day, the more successful they are, the more successful Kevy is. We want them to use this system. We want their business to grow. We want them to meet, meet their goals. And so if we can and help point them in directions to facilitate this system, this business that grows, then we're all winners. And I, th- I think that that's a different approach than most software sales. Uh, you hear software sales and you have all these kind of images that are often unfortunately negative right. come to mind. But if you are, and going back to what you said earlier, Jill, is uh, having that compassionate heart and that compassionate relationship, you know, I think compassionate also gets a bad rap in business. Oh, you're weak, you're soft. And that's so, unfortunate. Exactly, because our position is to the contrary. When exactly. you are living a life of integrity and you're taking care of your clients with a high level of compassion, it's because you recognize their need. Exactly. And all you do is fill the need. Mm-hmm. It's not a sign of weakness. And I think to the contrary, isn't it? Exactly. And you see that play out over and over and over again. And going back to what Bill said earlier, if you're listening to them and you're not talking and you're not just pushing your product 24-7, then you're able to pinpoint some of those stories and some of those needs in ways that most people are missing. And if they're talking to you, that means they're talking to other competitors. They're talking to other vendors. How do you stand out in right. a competitive industry? Mm-hmm. You stand out by being compassionate and listening to them and then filling those gaps, whether or not it's with you or with another direction, uh, you help them. And then they come back and we have had people come back and say, you know what? We did look elsewhere and we want to talk to you again. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. 
Do you have one or two, I can put you on the spot. Do you have one or two clients that you, when you look at it, their use case is one that you're like, wow, they, they implemented our technology into their website and man, it looks great. It feels great when you're using it. And of course they are supremely happy that they actually took time to get to know you because they more than paid for it a few weeks out. Absolutely. I mean, we have, we have a ton of success stories and we're really lucky with that. I mean, we've seen people who've used our pop-ups increase subscription rates tenfold. Um, but one in particular that really stands out and I love them and I love their cause. It's a nonprofit called Stupid Cancer. Uh, and they're a blast. They're a really fun group to work with. And I love them a lot. But they have a different approach to nonprofits. They wanted to figure out how can we raise money in a very progressive age. And so they actually built an online retail store where you can go and you can buy t-shirts and all of these very, very cool pieces uh, that point back to this nonprofit, that point back to stupid cancer. Um, So they've implemented and they've seen deliverability increase dramatically. They've seen open rates increase dramatically. But what Kevy is doing is we're not just showing you open rates and click rates. Those are nice, but they're vanity metrics at the end of the day. We're able to tie revenue back to that. So they're able to say, this campaign drove us $10,000 in revenue, um, which is being poured back into a good cause. So we get to watch our customers giving back to their community as well and seeing how our product has impacted their growth uh, because we're able to close that loop. And most companies are not able to do that. So that's one of our secret sauces for sure. (laughs) And being able, as you talk about, to demonstrate very clearly that this revenue that you're seeing is a direct result of this particular Mm -hmm. action that we helped you facilitate. That's really, really important. And uh, it's one of the things that I really like to highlight here in in our conversations with the businesses that we're talking to, because almost all of them are, B2B solutions of some kind and and for it to make sense, I mean, and for it to not just be a spend, uh, th- we have to be able to talk about this is how you will demonstrate a return on the investment that you're making, that you're not just spending some money to have a cool bell or whistle. Uh, right. It's actually bringing revenue or saving revenue for you. Exactly. Exactly. And and being able to show that in, in almost real time, we can say from click to purchase, this is how much money is coming in the door because of this one campaign. Um, and online retailers, they're stretched thin. They're some of the busiest people I've ever met in my entire life. And I have nothing but respect for them because logistics of shipping, logistics of pricing, logistics of cross-state taxes, it's a mess. And I'm proud of them for dealing with it on a daily basis. Uh, But that means that they do not have time to be wasting money or their resources on things that are not working. And if they do not have insights into what is and is not working, then they are going to be wasting their time and they are going to be wasting those resources. So one of our goals was to figure out how can we give them insights to work more efficiently and more effectively with everything that they do. Now, I know that you you were the founder of a marketing company mm-hmm. prior to joining in this leadership role with mm-hmm. Kebby. How does that come into play? Do you fold that into some of these interactions where you can actually help those clients develop some of the campaigns that you talked about, or do you more or less leave that to the client? Great question. I love it. So yes, I founded Market Wake um, and it's a digital marketing agency. Uh, So I've got two little things going um, at the moment, but they're both involved marketing. And so I I love my experience with Market Week. And I love that I get to go and sit in with clients and customers. Uh, I have an amazing team over there that's really, they're doing really, really well. Um, But I get to go and say, okay, they have an e-commerce client. I sit in with them. I get to learn, okay, what is it that you are looking for? What is it that you like? What is it that you don't like? And then I get to take that back to Kevy and put that into the product. 
But across the board, the time that I spend on both of these companies, it's all revolving around marketing. It's all revolving around helping businesses grow and doing it more effectively and more efficiently. And how can we bring messages that create personalized experiences, no matter what your industry? Well, tell people where they go to get information about Kevy. Kevy.com. K-E-V-Y. K-E-V-Y. Yeah. People ask me all the time. Okay. And I think I told you this last time. Why? Why Kevy? Why did you name it Kevy? Well, it was actually the shortest four-letter domain uh, that actually made sense as a word. So, <laughs> so it so is a very... looking at four-letter combinations. You're like, hey, we're going with that There you go. Yes. My, my co-founder did that. But, um, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it feels familiar. And I don't know if it's just because does, of our yeah. familiarity with the word Chevy. We talked about that before. But, <laughs> but I mean, it, it feels pleasant and friendly. Exactly. I, I can't Trustworthy. explain why, but it does. It yeah. feels like it has integrity. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> so kevy.com and we I, we would love to talk to you. So we have free trials on our website. We have requested demos. My team likes talking. They like listening. They want to hear about your company, about what you're doing. Um, and we also love hearing your ideas for what is working and what's not because we get to share that with other companies. Um, so if you want to hear more about it, then you can go to kevy.com and request a demo and talk to my team and we'd love to hear from you. How about you, Bill, with you know, contact information for Simcoe? Um, pretty much through LinkedIn. We, we don't even have a website. We've always gotten business by referral and word of mouth and that kind of thing. And I'm a little bit, I don't know, a website's kind of funny when you're in collections because there's really not a whole lot you can throw up there. You can't throw your pricing up. Debtors can come and take a look at that. So it's a little bit messy. So LinkedIn's the best way to find me. Um, and it has all my contact information on there. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And for the folks that want more information about uh, Life Talks World Congress, Jill, mention the website one more time. Lifetalks.org, best place to get all the information and even to view videos of last year's presentations that uh, are available for free to anybody who wants to go to lifetalks.org. Any final thoughts before we let you all get back to what you're doing? Okay. Yes. I think it's great. And I think that integrity in business is something that needs to be talked about because it's get, it gets swept under the rug and it it's kind of deemed as not important. So if we continue the conversation of how can we make this more effective and uh, more realistic in our businesses, I think we'll see some big changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's true. And I was just sitting here listening to Brooke and listening to Jill and, and, and thinking um, about the word other-centered, the term other-centered. Everything that I've heard at this table today, and I hope that I've expressed myself, is a focus on how can we, how many times you said, how can we help them? How can we, we serve how, them. how can we serve? How can we help exactly right? Uh, it's just so good to hear that. And I totally vote with Brooke about, uh, about you know, just supporting that conversation. And it's kind of nice because I see it pop up a lot more on LinkedIn and a lot of places. People are are starting to talk about it. You're ready. Come on, it's as old as time. And, and it just kind of, it needs to cycle back in. I think we got away from it a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's interesting listening to Brooke and looking at her across the table. It made me uh, think of the movie that I saw recently called The Intern, uh-huh. where oh. Anne Hathaway played the CEO. I cried the, the whole time. <laughs> And I would tell you, for those of you who saw the movie, Brooke, Brooke is the epitome of the Anne, the Anne Hathaway that was born in that movie. That's mm-hmm. my experience with you across the table. So there's no doubt there's plenty of integrity around this entire table. And um, I'd love to invite you to actually join us at Life Talks. I know you're going to mm. love it. I love that. Okay. Thank you. Well, Thank you. 
if, if you're listening to us on the podcast and you've not done so already, click on the Apple logo on the Midtown Business Radio Show page. You'll be taken over to the podcast on iTunes and subscribe to us so that you can stay up with all of these business leaders that we're introducing you to on a weekly basis and turn around and share this information because you just might put out some information through your just a harmless share of some uh, of some radio show that you listen to that actually really makes a difference in one of your loved ones or a friend's business. Uh, you never can tell, uh, or maybe has a thought that really uh, puts something in motion that's in a positive light. So we really hope you turn around and do that. And I'll thank you in advance for that. Uh, Jill and Bill and Deidre and Brooke, thanks so much for making us a part of your day today. I'm, I know you all are busy. You have things to, to be doing, and yet you took time to share your thoughts and some information with us today. So I really appreciate all of you. And to the folks who took time to check us out today, I want to say thanks a lot. We really appreciate you. And if you have a great high school student that you know in the community, we really want your nominations for those students who are standing up and making a difference in their environment where they are now as young people so that we can celebrate them right along with you and, and raise awareness and maybe inspire some other people to, to join them alongside. So um, please send your uh, nominations either through the Life Talks World Congress website or through uh, our contact us tab on the show page and so we will look forward to seeing you all same time same place next week we'll see you then